This episode is brought to you by the Roster Up Media Network, home to tangible insights for the NFL and fantasy sports. Check us out at rosterupmedia.com. Welcome back, folks, Ravens fans, ladies and gentlemen. It has been a little while since we've had an episode here. We are less than 10 days away from the NFL draft, which means. NFL free agency has mainly wrapped up. The Ravens have made their moves, and we're going to break down those moves today here on the Raven Up podcast. The Raven Up podcast is, of course, as you just heard, powered by the Roster Up Media Network and the Roster Up crew. They're doing some pretty cool things. We just hosted our first ever Twitter spaces the other week. We broke down the first round NFL mock draft, which was created by yours truly. And uh, had a really good time, had all the different roster up media uh, teams, broke down picks one through 32. So check that out. It was the latest episode of the podcast, put that up last week, but wanted to get a new episode recorded here this week where we break down the Ravens moves that they have made in free agency, made a couple splashes, could have had a little bit of a bigger splash, but overall, I think it was a pretty successful and solid free agency period for the Ravens, but they do have a couple holes still on the roster that I have some serious questions about. So we are going to uh, break down those moves. We're going to break down some of the Ravens draft needs. As I said, the draft's coming up next Thursday night, man, that's soon. That is very soon. That's exciting. So we're going to talk about some draft needs, the Ravens picks where I see them going in the first round. And then we also have a pretty cool Twitter giveaway going on over at the Raven Up podcast on Twitter. It's Raven Up Pod on Twitter. So we'll get to that a little bit later. But for now, let's dive right in. To start out, we got to talk about these free agency moves the Ravens made. Going into free agency, the Ravens didn't have tons of cap space, but they had some wiggle room to make a few moves or two. And typically, The Ravens free agency period, they're not super active early on. They might wait to sign a guy who was cut here or there or find some good value in a couple uh, signings after the first few days of free agency. But we were treated to a bit of a surprise this year when the Ravens made a pretty big splash early on in free agency. Marcus Williams, the free safety from the New Orleans Saints, was signed to a five-year, $70 million deal early on in free agency and Marcus Williams was generally regarded as one of the top safeties if not the top safety available and one of the best free agents available in uh, all of free agency this year and the Ravens landed him I can honestly say I wasn't expecting a signing of five years 70 million dollars obviously Safety has been a need in the Ravens defense for a little while. I think they're pretty happy with Chuck Clark and Deshaun Elliott, who we'll get to later. But um, Deshaun Elliott had a solid year, just can't really stay healthy. But um, yeah, the Ravens had a kind of a sneaky need there at safety. And Marcus Williams uh, is going to be, I think, a great signing for the Ravens. He's young. He's just 26 years old. He has 15 interceptions over the course of his five years in the league. So he knows how to get his hands on the ball. And like I said, the Ravens, uh, they have a little bit of this like sneaky need at free safety. They needed that ball hawk playmaker. The Ravens defense has typically lacked that guy over the past couple of years. They tried to fill that hole with Earl Thomas. We all know that did not work out. But yeah, it's been a little while since the Ravens have had that sort of center fielder rangy free safety. And hey, if we look back at last year, And listen, I know all the injuries took place. The Ravens were playing with some 
sixth, seventh, and eighth eighth string cornerbacks out there. But the Ravens gave up way too many long plays, and they did not create enough turnovers. And the signing of Marcus Williams really addresses both of those points. Him back there playing center field, he has great coverage, great range, can fly over the field. Hopefully, I think he is going to eliminate some of those long plays, and he will create some turnovers along with the healthy returns of Marcus Peters, Marlon Humphrey, and the rest of the defense. But, uh, yeah, I love this signing. I, again, was not expecting a five-year, $70 million deal that the Ravens were going to hand out to anybody. But, hey, we know the Ravens, they invest in their secondary. They have, if not the highest, one of the top three highest, I believe, secondaries in terms of money spent in cornerbacks and safeties. And yeah, I think uh, I think Marcus Williams compliments Chuck Clark pretty well, much better than I would say to Sean Elliott, who are kind of similar players to Sean Elliott and Chuck Clark. But and hey, listen, I understand uh, the NFL and the way the league is trending. It's different best five, 10 years, 10 years ago, you probably need more of that free safety center fielder. And then that strong safety who plays more closer to the line of scrimmage or in the box. This is such a passing league that both safeties really need to be able to match up in coverage, cover man to man. But like I said, Marcus Williams compliments Chuck Clark much better than Deshaun Elliott and really gives the Ravens that reliable, rangy center fielder type who can command the back of the defense and help eliminate some of those long plays and also create some turnovers. So I was really excited about that signing and yeah, didn't really see it coming, but I think it's a great signing. And then I believe it was just a day later, a couple of days later, the Ravens made another signing, uh, Morgan Moses, the right tackle played for the Jets last year. And when I think of Morgan Moses, uh, reliable, reliable, reliable. I reached out to uh, James McWilliams. He's the host of the Jet Up podcast here with Roster Up Media. And I said, hey, James, give me like, give me the quick scouting report. I had, you know, read up on Morgan Moses, but wanted to reach out to a Jets fan who had watched him all last year. And yeah, James pretty much said, you know, he's a reliable guy. He's somebody you don't have to worry about. He's not going to dominate you, you know, in the run game. He's not going to pancake you or anything like that, but he's just dependent and hey, that's what uh, the Ravens need at right tackle and specifically any offensive tackle position. Moses, I think, swung over once or twice last year and played left tackle uh, due to injuries. But the Ravens need dependable tackle play. We know with Ronnie Stanley last year, he played in game one and then sat out the entire rest of the season. That meant Alejandro Villanueva had to swing over to the left side. Patrick McCarry was on the right side. And we had some injuries, had some issues. So. The tackle play last year was obviously one of the biggest concerns for the Ravens. They needed to fix that this offseason. And Morgan Moses goes a long way into hopefully we don't have to worry about him. He can play just right tackle, and hopefully Ronnie Stanley will be able to hold down the left side. But this is exactly the type of signing the Ravens needed to solidify their offensive line. And it's been, I had to look this up, Morgan Moses has played in Every single game of the season, going back to all the way to 2014, the guy hasn't missed a game since 2014. That's just crazy dependable, especially for an offensive lineman in a tough position to play. So, yeah, he's pretty much a plug-and-play guy. You don't have to worry about him. He's not going to you know, be a dominant pro bowler sort of guy like Orlando Brown Jr., but he's going to be solid. You're not going to have to worry about him over there on the right side. He played pretty well for the Jets last year, and to me, 
three years, $15 million. That's a, that's a steal. $5 million a year for a right tackle that is just Mr. Dependable, Mr. Reliable. Don't have to worry about him, especially what the Ravens went through last year, like I said, at uh, right tackle and left, left tackle. That's an absolute steal. So I love the Morgan Moses signing. That, to me, was like just as exciting as Marcus Williams not have to worry about drafting like an early offensive tackle in the first round or, you know, signing a, another like high money free agent. This was a great signing. And then also in terms of outside free agents, the Ravens signed a familiar face, not Sir Darius Smith. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, but Michael Pierce, uh, big Michael Pierce comes back to Baltimore after a couple inconsistent years in Minnesota. He was hurt last year a bit. At, he actually played pretty well, and he graded as one of the better defensive tackles when healthy last year. He actually had three sacks in eight games, so say double that. Say he plays in 16 games, that's on pace for six sacks from a big nose tackle. You take that for sure. Uh, in my opinion, he should be able to collapse the pocket a little bit better than Brandon Williams has typically done in the past. And yeah, the Ravens basically, Brandon Williams was a uh, pending free agent. He still has not signed with anyone uh, at this point. But seems like the Ravens were ready to move on from Brandon Williams. They get a bit a little bit younger in terms of Michael Pierce, and they also save a little bit of money for a player who does pretty typical things. He's he's gonna he's in there to stop the run, but like I said, I think he'll be able to uh, collapse the pocket a little bit better and get some interior rush a little bit more than Brandon Williams had. So those have been so far the three main free agent signings in terms of outside free agents. The Ravens did re-sign a couple of their own, so I just wanted to run through this real quick. Uh, Patrick Ricard was brought back. Uh, big Pat, Project Pat, now Pancake Pat. He's just a big physical presence. He's a huge part of what the Ravens do offense. We know how much Greg Roman values the fullback and the tight ends in his offense. And hey, listen, when uh, he's in the game, teams have to go big on defense. They have to load up, put some big bodies in on defense, which opens things up for the Ravens, has some of their speed guys just work with more space on the field. They can run play action. They can pound the ball if they want to. And yeah, he just helps open things up and helps make the Ravens offense click. He played 57% of the snaps last year. So you might think like, oh, is it worth it to play a fullback? I think it's like $4 million a year. But hey, he was used on 57% of the snaps and he lined up in tons of different roles, you know, fullback, lead blocker, tight end. So he's pretty versatile. He's proven that at his size, he's like almost 300 pounds. He's a terrific athlete and he's just a guy you want on your team. When you see him in the hole, he makes grown men just <laughs> make business decisions or he or just run you over. He's a guy you want absolutely on your team. So I was a fan of the Patrick Ricard signing. Then a couple more recent signings. The Ravens did bring back Calais Campbell, which I I'm in favor of. Uh, he had just one and a half sacks last year, but he still made a pretty noticeable impact. I would say in this year, the Ravens, I think can do a better job of keeping him a little bit more fresh um, with Derek Wolf being out all last year, that really hurt his impact and a couple other injuries as well. But I think he's at the point of his career where the Ravens, you really need to limit his snaps to, to keep him fresh, to have him make a, a stronger impact when he is out there. But 
Calais, he's a great leader, and he's been flat-out dominant at times. And I think that bringing him back, pairing him with maybe an early-round draft pick or letting Tyus Bowser and Odafe away uh, do their thing on the outside, I think Calais Campbell is someone you you want on the defense. When the Ravens signed him, I think I tweeted out, you know, he makes the Ravens' defense better. There's not many guys like Calais Campbell. His size is just incredible. He's like 6'8", 300-plus. He's, he's, he's athletic. And uh, again, he's just a guy you want on your team. When you see Calais Campbell and Pat Ricard, those sort of guys get off the bus. Those are guys you want on your team and you want on your side. Another re-signing was Josh Bynes, uh, the inside middle linebacker. And yeah, after the Ravens kind of missed out on Bobby Wagner, Chris Board was also, uh, he departed via free agency. The Ravens just turned to a familiar face in Josh Bynes. The Ravens know him. He knows the Ravens. They're familiar with him, obviously. And, yeah, he really did a good job of stabilizing the defense last year. Patrick Queen really played a lot better when Bynes was brought in. And, yeah, another guy, solid leadership. He's going to help Patrick Queen out. And I think the Ravens could probably draft a middle linebacker in, like, the third or fourth round and look to get some youth uh, on this team in the future as Bynes. I think he's 32 years old, so he's kind of a stopgap sort of um, player. But I think the Ravens uh, were, you know, solid move to sign him there. And, like I said, maybe look to draft a middle linebacker, like a mid-round that you could find some good value there. And then uh, we do have to touch on Sidarius Smith. It seemed like the Ravens had agreed to a deal and everyone was pumped because it was a great signing. I was honestly shocked when I saw the numbers. I felt like Smith probably could have got a lot more money. And ultimately, he felt the same way. He felt like he could get more money, and then he ended up getting more money. Um, so you can't fault him for that. Uh, the signing would have been great. I would have loved it because it would have given the Ravens a much-needed added uh, pass-rushing threat along with Tyus Bowser and Odafe away. But um, that's just how it goes sometimes. Not going to talk too much about it because I don't like talking about what-ifs. But, hey, we're going to talk more about the Ravens' draft needs and how they can address the pass rush. But last thing here in terms of free agency, wanted to address a couple of the departures. Ravens' free agents had assigned elsewhere. Anthony Averett went out west to the Las Vegas uh, Raiders. We're going to miss him as like a QB or a cornerback three or four. He was great depth, but um, yeah, we're going to have to figure out how to replace some very solid cornerback death that he provided last year. Um, Bradley Bozeman center was um, honestly, I'm shocked at the deal he signed. It was a one year, like $2 million or $3 million deal with the Panthers. I think he thought the Ravens thought everyone else thought he would do a lot better than that. But um, yeah, for whatever reason, uh, he did not get the deal he was looking for. And this seems like when the Ravens re-signed Patrick McCarry last, uh, during, it was like week, late late on the season, late in the season last year, when they re-signed him, that should have maybe just told all Ravens fans that the writing was on the wall and they were ready to go with McCarry uh, over Bozeman at center, which is how things look. Deshaun Elliott uh, left for the Detroit Lions. And hey, he's a guy, he's a, High character, um, high motor, just intense, uh, good athlete, but hasn't been able to stay healthy. And as we talked about earlier, I think Marcus Williams is a little bit of a better fit in terms of what the Ravens are looking to do on defense. And uh, I think it's a pretty pretty solid upgrade there from Elliott to Marcus Williams. Nothing against Deshaun Elliott, but Marcus Williams is just a proven playmaker. So really excited to see how... Uh, Mike McDonald uses him in 2022. Sammy Watkins just signed with the Packers. Not much to say there. I think we know what Sammy Watkins is at this point in his career. He's pretty talented when he's on the field, but just hasn't been able to stay healthy and didn't really make an impact with the Ravens last year. Chris Board moved on. Justin Ellis, Chris Westry, and Alejandro Villanueva 
did retire. Tavon Young was also not brought back. That was one I could see the Ravens maybe bringing back on a smaller uh, salary cap number, but just didn't work out. So overall, not a huge, you know, surprising free agency period, but really like the Marcus Williams signing as we talked about earlier. Morgan Moses is going to be able to step in, be a dependable, reliable right tackle. Michael Pierce comes back, gives some Ravens a little bit of an added maybe interior presence, but he's really going to be in there to stop the run. So a lot of moves here, but as I mentioned earlier, I still have some questions about this roster. There are a couple holes on this roster. So in our next segment here, we're going to talk about the Ravens draft needs and what they still need to address to be a successful team in 2022. Eric DaCosta and the Ravens front office have made their moves, and now it's time to look forward to the NFL draft, and it's time to fill some holes on this roster. The Ravens are well-stocked, very well-equipped in this year's draft. They have a ton of picks in the mid-rounds. Just to recap here, quick update and uh, take a look at the Ravens draft capital. They have the 14th pick in the first round. They have the 45th overall pick. Uh, That's their second round pick. They also have the 76th and 100th in the third. Then they have five fourth round picks and another sixth uh, round pick. So that is nine picks in the first 141 overall picks. Uh, nine picks in the first four rounds. So pretty substantial amount of draft capital there in the third and fourth rounds. And obviously the goal is to have a franchise altering draft class here. It's been talked about a lot, but with the COVID year uh, taking place in 2020, this has the opportunity to uh, really be a really strong draft because a lot of guys uh, came back due to their extra year of eligibility. So the draft is a little bit more beefed up this year is what a lot of draft uh, evaluators and uh, talent evaluators are saying about this year. So the hope is that those third and fourth round picks this year really turn into uh, start of starting players on this roster uh, down the road, maybe even this year. If you could grab a couple starters there, that would obviously be great. So let's talk a little bit about the holes and needs that we see here on this roster. Number one for me is just pass rusher. I talked about it earlier, but Zerdarius Smith would have been great, but didn't work out. So pretty much the Ravens, they have Tyus Bowser. They have Odafe away first round pick from last year. Both of those guys are actually coming off pretty major injuries. Don't think we need to worry about their availability at the start of the season. Tyus Bowser, maybe, you know, he's coming off the Achilles that he suffered week uh, 18 last year, last game of the season. Um, but yeah, they both had really solid years. They should continue to get better. They're both uh, young in their prime. Obviously, Odafe away. It's just his second year. So I think we can expect a pretty big jump from him. Tyus Bowser still in his prime. Again, he does have to come back from an Achilles injury. But I like those two guys. But really, they are our only threats on the roster. You have Jalen Ferguson and Dalen Hayes. But to me, you really can't expect or count on those guys to contribute much in 2022. If they do contribute, that's just an added bonus to me. But really, the Ravens need to probably sign a veteran like a Justin Houston or a, a Melvin Ingram or one of those guys and also use an early you know, first round or second round pick on a pass rusher to have a solid pass rush in 2022. We know how the Ravens in, past in, or, uh, in recent years have really struggled to generate a pass rush without blitzing, and they really need to change that. They've tried to sign the, you know, the, the Justin Houston's and, you know, Calais Campbell's not so much an edge rusher, but um, sign guys a 
couple, you know, later in their careers, kind of like the staff, the stop gap solutions, they really need to address it. And they tried to address it with Sardarius Smith and they had some interest in some other pass rushers in their prime, but it just didn't work out. So I would love a, you know, a Jermaine Johnson or if uh, Kayvon Thibodeau fell somehow to the Ravens at 14, that, that won't happen. But if they traded up, say, in like seventh or eighth range to take him, I would love one of those guys. I don't know if that's going to happen, but they need to come away from this draft with a solid, impactful edge rusher, typically, ideally, pretty early on here in the draft. Um Another huge need for me is the cornerback position. The Ravens right now have Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters, and that is pretty much it. Uh, Similar to the edge pass rusher position, they could use a top pick and probably sign a veteran to address the lack of depth. Um, Yeah, like I said, it's Tyus Bowser and Odafe Owe and Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters at quarterback. You need depth at pass rusher. You need depth at cornerback. You could argue that cornerback is a higher priority than edge rusher. But Marlon Humphrey and Marcus Peters are two really good corners, but you need more than two corners to have success on defense in 2022 in the NFL. It's a passing league. We know injuries happen. We know the Ravens have really struggled with injuries at cornerback. So we need to address this here. I would love if Sauce Gardner, Derek Stingley, maybe they fall a little bit. The Ravens could take one of those guys at 14. You probably have to trade out to take Sauce. Stingley probably doesn't get past the Vikings at 12, but hey, could happen. Who knows? Ravens, again, would probably have to try to trade up for one of those guys. They would be a dream pick if one of them were there at 14. Even Trent McDuffie from Washington in round one would be a, probably a solid pick there at 14. But yeah, the Ravens, they need to address the cornerback position. Like I said, probably need to sign one veteran and use an first or second round pick, maybe a third round pick on a cornerback. It wouldn't surprise me at all to see the Ravens draft two cornerbacks or two edge rushers early on, you know, top top four picks with all those with all those picks. So those to me are obviously the the clear cut top two needs on this team. And then I'll even go defensive line. Uh, defensive line and offensive tackle are the other you know major needs I have for the defensive line. You know, you, you they're they're solid. They're well stocked. Calais Campbell, Michael Pierce, Justin Matabike, and Derek Wolf uh, coming back from injury. If he can come back, Derek Wolf that is. If he can come back and give you a a nice boost, that would be great. But like I said, the Ravens they want to generate more pressure without blitzing, and they could really use that interior presence of rushing the passer, collapsing the pocket. So my prediction, I'll get to this a little bit later. Now I'll, I'll wait. Actually, I'll wait. I'll wait to get my first round mock draft, my 14th overall pick prediction. But yeah, the Ravens. I think there's a sneaky need there as a you know defensive line, defensive tackle sort of player who can uh, rush the passer and really just stop the run. But another need. Offensive tackle, we talked about the big Morgan Moses signing earlier. That's a great signing to me because without Morgan Moses, you're probably looking at offensive tackle as the number one overall need. You'd be looking at like a Trevor Penning or hoping a Charles Cross falls to the Ravens at 14. But with the Morgan Moses signing, that does help the Ravens out and puts them more in a best uh, best player available position to take at 14. Hopefully, Ronnie Stanley can come back healthy, but... Eric DaCosta in the front office, I think, can learn from last year. You can't assume that. So you have Morgan Moses there on the right side. Jawan James also coming back from injury is an option as well. But 
I don't think the Ravens want to be in a similar position they were in last year and really lacking tackle depth. So probably a wise decision to take a tackle earlier rather than later. Once you get to those mid rounds, offensive tackles, you're probably drafting a developmental prospect. So you really need to use a pretty early round pick on a tackle to have the Ravens feel comfortable with their tackle depth. But yeah, those are the top four needs for me. Again, it's the edge rusher or pass rusher. It's the cornerback. It's the defensive line and an offensive tackle. I could see it being a pretty heavy draft in terms of the defense with a couple of these needs, mainly on defense. The Ravens are pretty well stocked, pretty set on offense in terms of obviously quarterback, running back, uh, their wide receivers, their tight ends. Uh, we'll get to a couple uh, mid-round picks. I can see the Ravens taking in a minute. But, yeah, really on defense, I could see this being a pretty heavy defense draft with, again, the pass rushing cornerbacks defensive line or defensive tackle, maybe even defensive end. But, um, yeah, that's kind of where I see things shaking out. I could also see some mid-round picks. I said running back. Obviously, Gus Edwards and J.K. Dobbins hopefully will have a great season coming back from torn ACLs. They are both relatively young, so hopefully they can come back and have a successful season. But I wouldn't mind drafting you know, a fourth-round running back. I think you can find some really good value there and find a good running back that could step up if those guys are a little bit slower to return to form. You could have a... Uh, a young running back come in and make, be able to make a, a decent, you know, part-time impact there at running back. Also tight end. I think the Ravens are looking to add a pass catching uh, tight end. Uh, they have Mark Andrews, obviously, who had a phenomenal year last year. Nick Boyle will have some more time this offseason to rehab that knee and leg injury he suffered uh, now two years ago. But you have them as your top two tight ends. But I think, you know, Greg Roman loves his tight ends. Lamar Jackson loves throwing to tight ends. So, if they could get, you know, a tight end in the fourth round who is uh, is more of a pass catching threat, I think that would be great. And then, um, yeah, those are kind of my uh, just a couple of thoughts there on the draft. My prediction, first round prediction, in my first mock draft, I had Jermaine Johnson falling to the Ravens at fourteen. As we've gotten a little bit closer to the draft, I don't know if Jermaine Johnson is going to be there at fourteen. I just don't fully see that happening pass rushing it's uh it's man it's a need in the nfl and i think those guys go off the board earlier rather than later next thursday night so with that being said my prediction big jordan davis out of georgia i think the ravens they love just big physical guys he's obviously he proved it at the combine he is a physical athletic just beast if he can stay in shape stay productive stay motivated and obviously we've seen what he can do in college he can stop the run he does offer a little pass ups uh, upside and I think if hey he can learn from Calais Campbell he can learn from some of those defensive uh you know defensive minds in the Ravens organization that he could turn into a real stud on the defensive line if he stays in shape stays healthy stays just ready to to, to work as a rookie on that defense so that's my prediction as of right now if it changes I'll tweet something out but Jordan Davis at 14 for the Ravens. If Jermaine Johnson or if a Derek Stingley or somehow Sauce Gardner falls, that, that's not going to happen. But if one of those guys are available, I can see him going uh, in that direction. But in terms of my prediction as of who's going to be available, it's Jordan Davis. As I mentioned earlier, we have a pretty cool Twitter go Twitter giveaway going on right now. We are close to hitting 500 followers on Twitter. 
Again, my Twitter is at RavenUpPod. Once we hit 500, I have a tweet out there. All you have to do is retweet and follow me. I'm giving away a pretty cool Ravens windbreaker uh, for any you know man, woman, whatever. It's unisex. Anybody can wear it. It's a cool little windbreaker. We're going to give that away to one lucky follower. So if you're listening, be sure to go over and retweet uh, that tweet at RavenUpPod on Twitter to be entered to win. We're going to announce the winner next Thursday night during the draft. Uh, so you have about a week or so to get entered. But that's going to do it for our episode this week. Again, thanks for tuning in. I'll be having another episode come out at some point after the draft to kind of recap the moves, the Ravens, uh, the direction. You know, they went in for their picks, my thoughts, and kind of the shape of the overall roster. So be sure to, uh, you know, stay tuned in, stay subscribed, and follow us over at Raven Up Pod in Twitter. Thanks so much and looking forward to talking again soon.